Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Letterboxd Recap, where we go through all the movies you've been watching, as well as rating the Letterboxd Top 4 of five of you listeners. Today, we're going to talk about movies like Poor Things, Boys in the Boat, All of Us Strangers, and Attack on Titan, which I have been binging all month. Natalie, thank you for joining. It's me, James. <laughs> it's James here. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen Attack on Titan, have you? No, I've only seen um, like clips of it, and I've heard people rave about it so i started watching it two weeks ago and i'm almost at i'm already at the last two finale episodes so it's like 90 episodes or so and then it has two finales one's an hour long and then one's an hour and a half long and from what i've heard they're they're epic they're like little movies but the show is absolutely phenomenal i've heard so much hype about it and it does live up to it and i'm getting more into anime i've only seen a few things this is my second TV show anime because I've seen Avatar Last Airbender. Oh my god. But I grew up on Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, so that's a lie. Oh yeah, that counts. I've seen those. So I am absolutely just floored by this show. It is incredible. The writing, the characters, the animation's phenomenal. And it's just a story that is so rich with detail and character work and, and it's dynamic imagery and really cool ideas and big themes that they weave together. And it on top of that it keeps you completely guessing what's gonna happen next with incredible twists. So I'm really excited. I'm going to watch the finales tomorrow. So I'm finally going to know how it ends. But, oh my God, I'm not sure if I'm emotionally ready. I just know you don't leave your house. <laughs> Rarely. Well, I went to uh, Trader Joe's in the gym yesterday. It's not like you said you went to church today. I'm like, <laughs> you went where? <laughs> yeah, I did my uh, my errands. So mm-hmm. that, that was me leaving the house for the week. Uh, yes. No, but I go on my uh, my daily walks. Otherwise, I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm a homebody. Yeah. All right, let's get into a couple of unsubscribes before we get into our Letterbox Top 4 from fans. So, first unsubscribe this week was Ocean Roars on Spotify commented, I became a patron subscriber this month because of James. Unsubscribed! Uh, subscribe, <laughs> unsubscribe. I love it, all over the place. Then we have Gab Sant Music wrote, In our movie news episode last week, Missed Opportunity, because I did it solo, and they wrote, missed opportunity for Anthony to film himself as James <laughs> and do the podcast a la Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap. Unsubscribed. Dude. That's way too much work. What are you thinking? Way too much work. I, I would Commit have to, to the bit. I would have to write a whole script. I could have helped you. A 30-page tw- script? Oh, my God. Well, maybe we can Maybe we can make that Next happen. Time. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, if, with your help. It would, what the hell am I here for if yeah. I'm not lying to your audience? Actually, I don't know. Maybe we could do that. I'll have to take on a nasally voice. <laughs> hey, hey, James here. Hey, everybody, it's James here. <laughs> I do not condone this. <laughs> and then next up, Curtis Henry wrote, Mickey 17 is not coming out in 2024. Unsubscribed from our most anticipated movies of the year episode. Yeah, we didn't realize this, but Mickey 17 isn't coming out till 2025. They didn't even pick a release date, Warner Brothers. So they just shelved it. So we don't know when we're going to see Bong Joon-ho's next film at all. Do you know why? They said strikes prevented mm. them from finishing work and post-production and not filming, but we'll see. I mean, the, delaying it indefinitely without even picking a date is not a good sign for anything. Yeah. So maybe they're maybe they're just looking for the right date in 2025. We'll find out. And then P. Kelly wrote, we did a Discord watch party of Surf's Up That's so funny. on Sunday. And they wrote, but you really have to schedule a watch party to one of the greatest movies ever made. At the same time of one of the biggest NFL playoff games, unsubscribed. <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> then our pool on TikTok wrote, there's this uh, viral clip on TikTok of a DJ made a Dark Knight mix at the club. <laughs> it's pretty epic. And they wrote, if you don't use this outro music on an episode, I'm going to unsubscribed. <laughs> Let's hit up the DJ. I replied, this is my new gym track. because It's that intense. It's great. <laughs> All right, let's get into... What we've been watching this week. So the first movie I watched was uh, an awards season favorite and darling, All of Us Strangers, starring Andrew Scott and Paul Meskel, as well as Jamie Bell and Claire Foy. Um, I was wondering because this had a lot of this had a lot of attention online, and I was wondering why I didn't get any awards recognition from anyone mm. in terms of even nominations because it looked like like an awards favorite. Its trailer, its content, it seemed like you know this is kind of what's in right now. Yeah, I mean, I've only heard of it through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any promo for it, so I didn't know it existed. It just it just came out um, a couple weeks ago, and I I finally saw it. It actually was pretty underwhelming. 
And really? I gave it three stars. Yeah, I was actually, <gasps> I was three stars for no. me. It wasn't bad, but it was just, it wasn't what I was expecting. So all mm. of us strangers, I gave three stars and wrote an original ghost story with exquisite performances from its talented cast. All of us strangers approached its supernatural premise with sincerity and honesty as the theme of confronting the past permeated the story. Ultimately, the narrative left a lot to be desired. It never quite reached the potential of its brilliant premise. I love everyone involved. Even the director, I just watched his TV series, The North Water, with Colin Farrell, and it was fantastic. Um, but ultimately, the movie, in my, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it because it just came out, but the story just didn't quite live up to expectations and has a really fantastic concept for a, an idea. Mm. And it never, he never really pulled much out of it. And it was honestly kind of, kind of flatline in terms of story. Where not much really was happening. Yeah. And you get the if if you anyone seen the trailer, it's about this guy who he starts a relationship with another with another man in his apartment building, while at the same time he's visiting the childhood home he grew up in, and is seeing the ghosts of his parents who they died when he was twelve. This is all in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And so he's like visiting them like they're it's like normal like they're having dinner. Um, they know he's an adult, and he's just like spending time with his parents who are ghosts. Um, Really great setup, but it just never left that, unfortunately. So I was actually pretty underwhelmed when I saw the movie. Well, three what stars. Do, but give it three stars. I gotta be honest. That was harsh, man. Hey, <laughs> six six out of ten is not that bad. It's not no, that your bad. your harsh is really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah. I can't. It's hard for me to give anything under I give the three. half stars, man. Yeah. I, you gave happening a half star. I would give the happening a half star. I give a lot of things half star. I'm just kidding. Um, I give a lot of things two and a half to like three and a half. Yeah, every, I mean everybody's different on Letterboxd, and James is definitely harsher than I am. What I do is that I rate it really fast before I can see anyone else's rating, so mm-hmm. I don't um, get. You don't want to be influenced by exactly. it because it absolutely happens. It happens all the time. Like yeah. if I see it first, I'm like fuck. Cause then I start to like wonder like, oh, well, oh this. And, like, oh, and I don't want to be like an outcast. <laughs> yeah. Not that anyone's even looking at my letterbox, but no, I, it, yeah. I start to question my judgment, which I, is good sometimes, but also, but it's tough because the perception is very important. And honestly, before I gave all of us strangers three stars, I was like, I hope I don't piss anyone off with this. I hate that you, you have to I mean? think about that. This is the way it is. It's the way it is. People are so harsh online. Come on guys. We it, can do people are like in, unaccepting of, like a bad review of something they like or a good review of something they hate. I think there are worse things and better things in the world that we could be upset or really happy about. And I just don't think that someone's letterbox review is warrant of like <laughs> it warrants a bad reaction. I completely agree. Yeah. Fortunately, that's not we can the do case. better, you guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, what was the first film you watched this week, Nat? Well, I just want to um, brag oh, that yeah? I watched more movies than you this week. How many? Seven. Damn! Yeah, I wow. was on it. I was on it. Well, one was a short film, so. But I did watch 25 hours of Attack on Titan. Well, that's you. <laughs> that's you not leaving the house. <laughs> Legit. So my first one um, is Hotel Mumbai. Oh, yes. You were telling that me That one... Actually... Nay, uh, I watched the wrong trousers first. How fire so is the, it? How good is funny. that? It's so cute. It's, just, it's so funny that the penguin has no emotion, never shows an ounce of emotion, but like the music kind of feeds it to you, but yeah. it makes it funnier. It's so He doesn't good. even say anything. He never says a word, never gives a single emotion. Is yeah. it, wasn't it just such a good short film? It was really I, good. I, I've, man, I, I adored it. It was great. I'm glad you watched it. Was it was really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so well done, too. Well done. The music, the music is incredible. Um, but Hotel Mumbai. Now, who's in this movie again? Dove Patel and Army uh-huh. Hammer. Gotcha. But the movie made me cry like eight times. What's the historical event it's based on? So in 2008, there were uh, terrorist attacks on India um, and on like in 12 places. And one of them was the Taj Hotel. Mm. And so this movie 
focuses on the hotel. Oh, okay, hence um, the title. Got yeah. It. I thought it was really good, but then I go into Letterboxd. It's not, it doesn't have very good ratings anywhere, yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm like... You gave it five stars. No, hell no. <laughs> I give like very few things five stars. Um, What'd you give this? I gave, I think I gave this a, give it a four. Nice. Which is really good for me. Mm-hmm. But it also, this is where, you know, I, I think about it and I'm like, why is my rating higher than others? What are our pe- other people's like, that happens know, a lot with me. Point of view. I'm like, am I not seeing something? Did they do something wrong? Um, so I know, I think there was some discourse about like how they, treated the event but i was like i don't mm-hmm. think they yeah i don't know i mean i don't think they weaponized uh, it but i i yeah. don't think i looked deep enough i mean i i I'm dealing with that where I gave Maestro four and a half stars, and I'm, mm-hmm. I think I'm the only person alive who gave it four and a half stars. You're one of the few who really loved it. I, I, I was blown away by it. I think it's so good. I think it'll age really well. Yeah, but I also love that we all have different opinions. Yeah, you yeah. know, even though I saw someone online say like, "How dare like they nominate Maestro for cinematography?" I'm like. Did you see the movie? It's yeah. stunning. Even if you don't like it, you can't help. Say, you can't deny how beautiful that film is. Yeah, things can be two different things, you know. Let's get into the letterbox top four of five of you listeners. So first up, we have Caden Tapscott, all the way in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, New England boy. Caden has After Sun, great film. The trailer looked really good. Oh, you gotta see it. It's fantastic. Then we got The Departed. No surprise Departed. here. No surprise from a New England boy. Then we have Rebel Without a Cause. Incredible film. Great performance by James Dean. And then, ooh, I love this one. The Apartment by Billy Wilder. One of the great romance movies of all time. It's really sensational. Just all-time film. All-time. I saw it for the first time this year, and there was so much hype built up around it, and it really does live up to that hype. It's great. Sensational. Now, can you spell Wilder? W-I-L-D-E-R. That's what I thought. Wilder. Or as as Caden would say, Wilder. Wilder. <laughs> and recently, Caden's watched... A lot of great classic movies to kill Mockingbird, Laura, Metropolis, and Last Picture Show. Great stuff, man. All right, next up we have Kyle Shaw. Their letterbox top four is the Cloverfield Lane, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Good spinoff. Really good spinoff of Cloverfield. There was another spinoff called Cloverfield Paradox, which was terrible. Wait, Cloverfield Lane was when they're underground, right? Yeah, underground. And then the Paradox is when they're in space. Yes. Okay. So they just like, <laughs> what location should yeah. be next? The, the ocean? The, <laughs> <laughs> the Cloverfield mm, ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the paradox was awful, but 10 Cloverfield Lane was surprisingly fantastic. John Goodman, he should have been like nominated for every award because of that performance. It was that great. Next up, we have Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Top tier Marvel movie. Absolutely. Then we got Dune. Dune part Dune. one. K- Kyle, I think you might throw Dune part two on your list too after you see it this year. And then we got Oppenheimer. Oh, that's a good one. Which I just saw again last week. And it's just Brag. unbelievable. And he's been on a bit of a Nolan marathon with Memento, The Prestige, and then Across the Spider-Verse and Deep Water, which I haven't seen yet. Next up, we have Eliza Ward. <laughs> Top four is The Coneheads. The, <laughs> the Coneheads? Yeah, it's a great SNL skit. Um, from the 80s, starring Dan, Dan Aykroyd started it, and then they made, uh, I think, two films out of it. Oh, my God. They made, it was like one of the early SNL movie hits. Then we have, oh, my God, Eliza, the talented Mr. Ripley, one of my faves. Great, great, great. What a great film. Oh, my God, I love that movie. Then another one, Catch Me If You Can. Wow. Uh, that's with the, what's his face? Yeah, what's his face? <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you mean, Tom or Leo? Oh, Leo. 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 <laughs> yeah. See, Leo and what's his face? <laughs> Tom Hanks. No, 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 no. Gyllenhaal. No. Damon. Yes. They actually do look pretty similar. That's what I'm saying. When they're they have, younger, they look a lot alike. They it's have hard for yeah. me to figure it out. They have, I wouldn't say similar faces, but similar eyes for sure. Yeah. They they do, especially in The Departed when they're together. They do, like, they look like they could They're be similar. brothers. Yeah, or in like that at movie. least like cousins, you know? Yeah. But you're right. They have they have fr- pretty similar features in terms of the eyes and nose. But mm-hmm. man, I the wish, haircut. I hope, I hope DiCaprio makes another movie with Spielberg again. That would be fantastic. Then we got Parasite. Good one. 
one of my best films of the century without a doubt. And then recently, Eliza has watched Red, White, and Royal Blue, the TV show on Amazon, The Nice Guys, Boy Erased, and Amante. I hope I said that right. I hope I said that right. Cancelled. Cancelled. All right, next up, the fourth letterbox we have is Will Does Films. Will's letterbox top four is Dr. Strangelove, The Heartbreak Kid, Nice, Mm. Battle of Algiers, amazing movie, and The Graduate, one of the great, great movies of the 60s. Amazing film. Really huge debut for Dustin Hoffman. And then recently, they've watched The Piano from director James Campion, 30 Minutes or Less, the, oh, that Adam Driver, the something report they cross it out on the on the title i can't remember what it's called oh my god i think it's just called the report actually and then barbie <laughs> terrible all right our final top four is from alex smith this is a great top four kangaroo jack <laughs> classic dune oppenheimer and babylon and alex made this really cool orange color tone palette for all of his posters really cool stuff i love this i love i mean i gotta do a new poster setup I need a poster set up, but I'm going to pay money for that. Well, you can use uh, our coupon code at Raiders at uh, movieposters.com to get 10% off. off. <laughs> <laughs> plug. Shameless plug. All right. My next yeah. watch was actually the same day as all of us strangers. I, honestly, I heard very good things about The Boys in the Boat, George Clooney's new film, which is a great sports drama. And I just had like, I wasn't, I was just feeling so down about all of us strangers because it's a very heavy movie. Really? It's very heavy and it's very sad. And I was like, I need, I, I'm just going to go see the boys on the boat. <laughs> so I saw it right after and it was late. It was like 930. And it was exactly what I wanted. Cause I, I love underdog sports dramas. There's a kind of genre of film that I grew up loving. Um, and this is one of those and it hit all the right beats. I gave it four and a half stars. Wow. And I wrote, George Clooney's best film as a director, and he's made some good ones. This hits all the right beats for a sports drama and has an incredible feeling of old Hollywood in its tone and style. The excellent cinematography and production design was bolstered by wonderful music from the always reliable Alexandre Desplat, one of the greatest composers working today. And it was just like, it has terrible ratings because um, people call it cliche, and they say it's just another run-of-the-mill sports movie. The thing is, like, it's a sports movie about underdogs. It's gonna ha- it's gonna have the same sequences and same same beats, same yeah. beats as any other sports movie. But I mean, do they do something different with it? And is it a new story? Absolutely. And I found it very inspiring. It's about uh, the JV squad of rowers at Washington University who were a bunch of nobodies, and, and they were the JV squad of their school. Like they were the l- lower tier. And they became such a strong unit and such hard workers that they end up going to the Olympics. And Is rode, a true story? Yeah, true story. And they and they uh, rode at the Olympics in Berlin. Wow. And uh, no, I won't spoil the ending. I won't spoil it. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> the historical event. <laughs> but it was, it was like, it was just perfect. It was, it was for what it was. Like, I, you have, for me, it's like, you have to be able to separate, like, you can't judge Twilight the same way you judge Oppenheimer the same way no. you judge, like, the boys in the boat, in, yeah. in my opinion. It's like, this is a sports movie. You don't you don't want to compare it to poor things. Right. How is it as a sports movie? And for, in my opinion, this movie and also Gran Turismo, the racing movie that came out last year, that... were fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, so, so good. I love Thank you. Someone else, another Wait. person who loves Gran Turismo. People didn't like it? Nobody liked it. What? I, I posted... Um, on Twitter, like I, I, a quick little snippet review of saying it was like an incredible film. I wrote it was the most underrated film of the year, Gran Turismo, because it's only like a three point one on Letterboxd. Oh, if that, I don't think I, I rated it. Oops. And um, a, a bunch of people asked me if I was joking. <gasps> For some reason, it's hated and just not liked whatsoever. But I, I loved it, and it's I loved it for the same reasons that I love the boys in the boat. It's a sports film. Obviously, there's going to be the same things you've seen before in other sports films, but yeah. outside of that, it's a new story. And I mean, I just like to sit back and try to enjoy a film as much as I can. And if it if it hits, even if it's a cliched story, it can still be fun and it can still be entertaining and still it can still be inspiring. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because I, after watching it, 
I did have some qualms with it, but nothing major. It's not a perfect movie. No, yeah. I think there were some moments where like we didn't need that, or I wish it was more of this, or maybe the acting was a bit. Eh. I mean, yeah, I gave but it, I gave it um four stars because I mean it's not a five star movie, but so like funny. there's cliches, yeah, and it's a little melodramatic. But you know what, the movie still really worked. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I had a great time with Gran Turismo. Interesting. See, I always I thought that Gran Turismo was that snail three point three point two on Letterboxd. Do you know what snail movie I'm talking about? Snail movie. Oh yeah, with the um the animated one. <laughs> yeah. I thought Gran Turismo was that movie for so long. <laughs> oh my God. And then I watched. I'm like, oh wait. What's that movie called? Snail Turismo. <laughs> okay, uh, let me look it up. No, I doubt that. They there's no way they got the rights to the Turismo name. It's a brand. <laughs> Oh my god, snail, snail Turismo. Race. But just like I loved Gran Turismo, I loved Boys in the Boat. Turbo. Turbo. Oh Turbo, I remember. Yeah. How did I get that wrong? Oops. I don't know. Embarrassing. All right. What was your next watched movie? My next watched movie. Oh, Society of the Snow. Oh, how was it? I haven't seen it yet. It is bleak. Uh, they do a really great job of building you up and then tearing mm-hmm. you down and doing mm-hmm. that over and over and over again. And you feel, I mean, obviously no one can feel like the boys or the people who endured it, but it, they almost put you in there where it's hopeful, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the hope dies. And Just like, like oh, the we, men. We can do yeah. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like there's a little thing. Oh, we might be able to get out. No, yes, we're not going to no, get out. Yeah. yeah. And then someone else dies and then so you yeah. slowly die. I've actually seen another version of this story. The is, OG one yeah, Alive. Ethan Hawk, right? yeah, Ethan Hawk. I remember seeing that as a kid and it being really impactful and just yeah. really, I really liked it. But I remember it being pretty disturbing because as we all know, they result, res- resorted to cannibalism. Yeah. I, okay. I love cannibalism (laughs) 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 because it is such a, like, I don't think it'll ever be okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But side note, there's this book called Tender is the Flesh. I recommend everyone read it. I've heard that. Yes. I think it's an Argentinian author, Uh but that book is crazy, Um, but deals with cannibalism. Mm -hmm. But it's something that will never be okay. And... It won't be normalized. You can't really make a case for it unless you're in a situation where it's life or death. It's just, it's a gross thing. And it's so, so taboo. Not even like, oh, no, we shouldn't do that. It's like, no, we can't. But even that. in life or death, it's still yes, it frowned down upon because the players, when they, the ones that survived, mm-hmm. they actually had to, they actually lied about it at first because they I were would too. I would too because they they were afraid of the reaction yeah that would happen to them like they would be thought of as monsters and they yes. slowly I believe a few months after their return they carried out a press conference and revealed the true grisly details of yeah. how they survived on yeah. that mountain um but J.A. So yeah. Boyena is a really great director um so I'm looking I'm actually looking forward to seeing it I think I'll see it this week yeah you should absolutely watch it mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of um what's that show Yellow Jackets. Oh, I've heard that's good. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. (laughs) It's not good. Um, The first season is interesting. Like, they pull you in. But the second season was shit. Um, So I feel like that show tried to do what this movie did with Mm -hmm. the story, but they they couldn't follow through. But Society of the Snow, highly recommend. Jay Boyena, he made this great movie with um, Carrie Mulligan about a kid. I think it's when a monster calls, it's called. Hold on, let me double check it. So it's about this kid who's getting over the death of his father, and then all of a sudden this monstrous giant tree shows up on his door st- in his backyard, and it's it's an incredible coming of age story, and it's called A Monster Calls. Mm. Fantastic! If you haven't seen it, add it to your watch list for anything that's like coming of age about family because it's really wonderful. I, I love that cry. movie. I I dude, that movie broke me. It broke me. Oh, my God. Speaking of a movie that did not break me, though, was Surf's Up, (laughs) (laughs) which we watched on Discord. That's a mockumentary one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'd heard of, I knew of this movie's existence. I never saw it. And we brought it up on Letterboxd last week. And since then, everyone's been like, oh, we should watch Surf's Up. (laughs) Let's watch Surf's Up. So I was like, cool, let's do it. I'm I'm down for a good time. And it was really funny. It was cute. 
it's it's t- came out 2007, and you can tell also because of the voice cast because you have Shia LaBeouf, John Heater, <laughs> and then um, Jeff Bridges as well as Zoe Deschanel. Wow. But it's 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 a great twist on the animated film of it being made in the mockumentary style mm-hmm. of a documentary crew is filming a documentary about these penguins. Right. And it's really it's really clever. It's really well done. It's cute. It's funny. It's sweet. Um, the cast is great. The animation's fun. It's about surfing, which I've never seen in a, in a animated film before for animals. <laughs> What's funny about this movie is it's it's one of those animated films where the animals are they just act like people and do yeah. people things. Yeah. But it's not people. I love when they do people things. And it it works really well. It's 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 a sweet film. I gave it four stars. Nice. I was, I was like, this is I think it's worthy. And it's got some really good jokes. Like I cackled out loud a few times, like hysterically. Like there's some good ones. I need to rewatch it. Good one liners. It's been a while. Alright, what do you got next? Next, I watched Speak No Evil. Oh, I heard about this, the horror film. It made me so uncomfortable. I mean, that's the goal of it. Uh, but it puts you in these situations where you wonder, what would I do? Yeah. What and, country was this made in? Uh, Well, they were Dutch and Danish. So I don't know where it was made. Okay, it could be other one of those. Yeah. Those then, languages are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. But... um. I thought it was a great idea. The ending was brutal. I almost wish they did a little more. But Den- Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, made in Denmark. Okay. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend watching that. It's on Netflix or? I actually watch it on Shudder. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember it came out a couple months ago and a lot of people were talking about it. I never got around to seeing it um, because I saw I heard mixed things. Pretty much from everyone. Yeah, I think it's because of the ending, how they mm-hmm. they ended it. But up until then, it's really because it's about like the what this couple discovers that a village is trying to bring forth the Antichrist or something, something like that, or a demon. Bro, no, no, I'm way off. Way off. I think you're thinking of another one. What's the What's the quick synopsis of it? Like quick log synopsis, line. Um, a family meets another family. They both have like one child, and they form a friendship while vacationing in italy mm-hmm. and then the one that lives in norway or somewhere invites the other family to go um and then there are just these uncomfortable situations or conversations where no one really well the one family is pretty blunt or straightforward and then makes the other family uncomfortable but the mm-hmm. other family they don't know how to react and then strange things are happening they don't really know what to do um and then, like uh, the real, the real motivations truth. slowly get revealed. Basically, yes, right. there is a climax of it. All right, we don't want to spoil yeah. it too no. much. But oh God, sounds interesting. It. it sounds interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll watch it because I mean, you should. We've yet to have like much good or eight horror so far this year I at all. I would say that it's a psychological thriller. Not I, so much a horror. The I poster makes it look like it's I know. like a graphic honestly, horror movie. Yeah, it's not. So it's okay. So okay, maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, because the trailer and the poster. Make it look like it's fucked up, bloody, gory, uh, wild. So Is maybe that a people to say that. No, no, no. I'm actually glad you said that, so okay, I can walk yeah. into it with like different expectations. Yes. So I was kind of edge of my seat the whole time because mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna get really brutal and bloody. Yeah. But it doesn't. I mean, that poster makes it look like it's an Evil Dead movie. Essentially, yeah. it's like a person yeah. about to hit themselves with an axe. Yeah. Okay, so I'm glad actually maybe I'll walk into it with it. Maybe that's affected people's expectations when they mm-hmm. walk into it. I mean, horror is such a broad genre yeah. that it's hard to know But also you don't want to mismarket your movie. Exactly. It's important to to show the people like to present them this is what this movie's going to be like tonally. May I just also add that that's how I felt with um Parasite. Cuz I watched it when it like first came out and it was only mm-hmm. a few theaters had it. And I thought we were going to go see a horror movie. And I had never heard of Parasite, nothing about mm-hmm. it. So the whole time I was waiting for like some demon or monster, <laughs> evil, and it never happened. But, you know, obviously. I think you're right. I think they did cut that trailer with the horror vibe. I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to be like a ghost story or I something. I think you're right. I, I think I remember that. But I, I mean, I, I've been a Bong Joon-ho fan since I was a kid. Mm. He was really the first international director I started watching. It was at the host when he came out with that in like 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. Now, and then I was just hooked on his films. And... So I was already just like 
You knew it. I I knew I was going to see the movie. It was going to be great because yeah. it was him. But I can see why people who didn't know him or have familiarity with him, they wouldn't know that he he probably would never make a straight up horror movie like a horror horror movie. Yeah. His movies can be horrific. I even know who directed. I literally it was these friends I had made brand new and they're like oh let's just go see a horror movie and then <laughs> i walked into the theater like i didn't know the I title know the called. title too yeah i yeah. know what it's called mm. so yeah i actually saw that movie in the theater you went to today oh yeah los feliz did you go or uh, see in the small theater like the it was the smaller yeah it was um like literally opening night wow. in la of that movie i used to live in that neighborhood so i like going to that theater and also la vista it's very cute yeah all right next up i have a Robert Altman film, The Long Goodbye. And Robert Altman is just one of the great American directors. And I gave this film two and, four and a half stars. Not the two and a half. Film, film noir one? <laughs> this is, um, it's a, a PI movie. Oh. Private investigator movie. Okay. It's got a noirish tone for sure. Okay. It definitely feels old noir mixed with the, the contemporary filmmaking style of Robert Altman in the 70s. And um, he's, just, he's just one of the most visually interesting directors of his time. There's a reason why Paul Thomas Anderson basically em- emulated him in his early career. And this movie in particular influenced Punch Drunk Love. So you know how Punch Drunk Love, Adam Sandler just wears a blue suit with a red tie the sure. whole time? So this character, he got it from this character, Eli Gold's char- Elliot Gold's character in The Long Goodbye. He just wears that the whole film. Mm-hmm. And also there's a couple of scenes in grocery stores. And it's really funny. Tonally, it just feels like an old movie, in, in an old investigator movie. And it, it just toes that line perfectly. It's got really interesting characters and a fun uh, twist at the end that I, I adored the movie. The movie was very good up until the ending, and that became amazing. So that's it was why you the gave it a two and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, two and a half stars. I hated it. <laughs> no, but so it was the ab- absolute opposite of what happened with you with Speak No Evil, where the movie was very good, and then that ending just put it way over the top and just made it sensational and fantastic. And... After, like, the credits rolled, and I was smiling. I was like, that was amazing. Wow. I can't believe that's how it ended. And it was so unexpected. That kind of ending just, when it gets you, it's it's great because yeah. you don't see it coming. It was the last thing I expected to happen. It was fantastic. I loved it. You're so good at talking about movies without spoiling them. Because <laughs> I've been doing it do for that. a while. Because I've been doing it for a while. I'm, like, trying to just pick at it a little bit, but then if I talk anymore, I'm yeah. just going to talk about it. Believe me, we got a lot of flack like the first year of this podcast of spoiling stuff for people. Man, so we've really learned, we've really like ironed that out. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to talk about a movie. Um, like talking around it. Cause I'm yeah, not good at talking exactly. around it. Yeah. It's a challenge. It is. But uh, yeah, we you. learned, we learned from messing up a lot. Yeah. So don't, don't worry. Don't be too hard <laughs> on yourself. All right. What do you got next? Next. Um, Speak No Evil kind of reminded me of Coherence a little bit. So I rewatched movie. Coherence. Didn't you tell me to get that on? I Maybe. Think, did you tell me to watch that? Probably because I fucking love that movie. Uh-huh. And I forgot how much I love that movie until I watched it. And I'm like, this is so genius. And it seems, it looks low budget and it feels yeah. low budget, but in the best ways. It works because it's low budget. Yeah. It's high concept, low budget. High concept. And it's like, when you think of sci-fi movies this century, it's it's... All, it's like up there. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it's it really comes down to like the brilliant concept. Yes. It's so genius. That's where I say your foundation is the most important thing. The bones are the most important. Mm-hmm. Just because your film looks great or honestly even like great acting can't save an empty story. Exactly. And I so mean, this that, had yeah. nothing but I think, you know, fine acting. Visually, um, visually it's 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 just shot very it, simply, it's shot, it's shot on like, like an iPhone three. It's shot like so, like you were like like a normal person yeah, shot it, like a yeah. non filmmaker. Like you were there, yeah, almost exactly. It's all practical, and then it's just nothing fancy with the camera no, work. No, nothing. And the fancy. actors are all just like there's actors, basically just like they're like B level actors. But the one, did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I never did. Oh my god! Okay, I remember seeing it. Oh, I've, I've seen it, show. but I never yeah. watched it. Watched it. I love that show, but one of the actors. Um, he was like one of the main characters in Buffy. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I loved Coherence. I think I, I gave it a four. I gave it a four stars as well, just because it's just, it could uh, it just didn't quite hit the. I mean, five stars is a lot, and yeah. some things just aren't five stars. Yeah, it just didn't hit that like outstanding all time sci fi, like great, 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 great sci fi. Yeah. It was very great. It was very good sci fi. Yeah. And I thought it was just, 
Oh, they, brilliant. they did a great job balancing the huge idea mm-hmm. with the low scale context of the storytelling in, in the filmmaking. And once the once you learn pretty much what's going on, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, because you're like, wait, wh- you're trying to figure out. There's so many mysteries for them. Yes. Every two minutes, there's like a new mystery yeah. and there's a new thing to question. Yeah. Or a new event happened or a new reveal. Like you can't figure yeah, it out because I was exactly. sitting there and I was like. I, I kind of forgot what these little hints or things were. Yeah. And I was trying to figure it out with them. And you there's no way to figure it out until they do. It, they did a great job of really putting you into the shoes of those characters. Yes. It was just, I, I love that movie. And I'm glad I watched it because I think it was you. But also I've gotten, I mean, over the years, so many DMs of people recommending Coherence. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to put it on. And I was like, why did I wait so long to see this movie? Yeah, it's one of those movies where like you're embarrassed to tell people you finally saw it because <laughs> it's been so long. I guess, eh, never feel embarrassed. I did, <laughs> as you should. <laughs> All right, what? So you gave it four stars. Four stars. Nice. I I gave that four stars too. All right. Next up is my final watch of the week, which was Wait Until Dark, which is a really fantastic Audrey Hepburn film, co-starring Alan Arkin as. The baddie, and my God, Alan Arkin has made an, like a name for himself of being like uh, such an old, reliable actor mm. the last twenty years. But but of being like an older, gentlemanly kind of guy, and just very sweet and very funny. And he's he's Little Miss Sunshine and Argo, and so many great performances the last twenty years. But he's never been that I've seen a villain. He's always been somebody that it's like how. Robin Williams was great at playing like dads and father figures. Yeah. If he wasn't a dad, playing a father figure of someone that you, you can trust. And he, he just had, Alan Arkin just has that. You, you see him on screen and you're like, I could trust my life with that guy. Or he yeah. just seems like a genuinely decent person, no matter the role. No. And wait until dark. Oh my God. He's just one of the most ruthless, interesting movie villains I have ever seen. And I can't believe I had never even watched this movie before because he's that good as a villain. Like, I would put him, if I had a list of 20 time, 25 all-time movie villains, I would put Alan Arkin in Wait Until Dark on that list. You should actually do that. I should. That would be, I mean, that would like be a not, fun list. Not including, like, superheroes and villains, but, like, yeah, yeah everything Maybe, else. like, uh, lesser-known movie villains. Yeah, or just, like, antagonists in general. Because it's, it's just, a, it's a brilliant concept. So it's Terrence Young who made it, and he made... A bunch of Bond films in the uh, 60s and 70s. Um, this is kind of like, I wouldn't call it a horror film, but it's definitely a thriller. Like mm-hmm. a, almost a horror thriller. It's very It can be very scary. So Audrey Hepburn plays a blind woman who is being duped by three con artists. Well, two con artists and one criminal. And so what's basically happened is her husband accidentally got a hold of a doll which had tens of thousands of dollars worth of heroin in it. And the criminals think that the doll is in her apartment. And so the whole thing is trying to figure out where is the doll? Does she have, does she know what's even in the doll as well as trying to keep them at bay? And it's just, it's so suspenseful. It's brilliant. It's basically a one location movie. It's based on a play from the writer. And so other than the first scene, which is at an airport, the rest of the film is just in her apartment and on the street outside of her apartment. It's just basically the Audrey Hepburn show, just destroying Mm -hmm. the screen. Like she always did. She just had, she was such a movie star. And I, I love the film. It's really great. It's unpredictable. It's perfectly executed. And Alan Arkin, oh my God, what a fucking, what a fucking performance. Now, did I hear you say that Alan Arkin is a baddie? Yes, he's a Do baddie. Do you know what a baddie is? <laughs> British baddie, sorry. An English baddie. <laughs> I'm like an IG baddie with the fat ass. Sorry, on sorry. The I got screen. I got English I got English slang in my head right now. Um Alan Arkin's like, the villain. <laughs> <laughs> That's our baddie. You might you might think he's a baddie baddie if you saw the movie. Uh, yeah, let me watch that. Although movie. he's creepy looking. He's got like straight black hair with like flat bangs, you know, like that. Hell no. <laughs> No, so no, he's no, very no, no, he's no. very creepy looking. Yeah. But man, it's so good. Um, if you want to watch like a really great classic suspense thriller, definitely add Wait Until Dark onto your watch list, everyone. Remind me to bring up a story I have okay. relating to that on the Patreon episode, okay? All right. Yeah, it's... <laughs> no, I want to hear it. <laughs> it's illegal. Oh, no. Um, All right. Okay. Well, we, you have two movies left, so let's I get into those. I have two. What do you got? Uh, Innis Men. 
is my next one. Oh, I've heard of is that. Is it Ennis? Ennis or Ennis? This is a horror film as well, right? I hated it. I've I've heard pretty bad things from it. How do it's you spell it? E N Y S. E N Y S. Y S. Okay, I, re- I remember the trailer and being like, what was that? Uh, okay, yeah, this is all coming back yeah. to me. There's a way to do art house that is still good mm-hmm. and holds a story. This felt like they were trying to waste my time and put me to sleep. <laughs> At 30 minutes, I was falling asleep. And it's like 2 p.m. Hmm. All right, so it's about a wildlife volunteer on an uninhabited, uninhabited island off the British coast who descends into a terrifying madness that challenges her grip on reality and pushes her into a living nightmare. Does Sounds like kind of reminiscent way. of the lighthouse. It does not. It's exact. That's what I was thinking when I was watching it. Uh-huh. It wanted to be what the lighthouse is. Oh, that's. But what, I mean, failed so terribly. It's hard to pull that abstract surrealist filmmaking horror tone off. And Eggers is someone who can do that, but this was it. Couldn't even hold a candle to it, and also the lighting was off. Um, it looks like it was shot in sixteen millimeter. So it was was it very grainy? It was very grainy, but yeah. I thought it was shot beautifully. That was really, really cool. Uh-huh. But that cannot save the movie. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, I just got a 3.1 on Letterboxd, so you're not alone. What would you give it for a rating? I think I gave it two and a half. <laughs> and it was only two and a half because it looked good. I, so I remember that. I remember the trailer. I saw it a couple of times in theaters, and I was like, what was that? But also, like, I was very intrigued, too. But then reaction started coming out, and I saw really nothing positive about it at all so i was like man i think i should just skip this one yeah i don't recommend watching it it's a nothing film no offense mm-hmm. um no you're i mean everybody seems to agree with you yeah i mean if you like art house and just watching things happening for no reason then sure. i think you'll enjoy it mm-hmm. but i might i might check it out it looks visually yeah, interesting it's visually very cool and I, I take inspiration from it as far as like how they shoot things and uh, the framing mm-hmm but yeah, as far as the story goes, it doesn't read anything at all. All right. No offense. <laughs> but I, I honestly completely forgot if that movie existed. I was really excited because I saw someone post about it. You know those people who say like, oh, here are the really uh, weird movies of this year and like the cool movies or I don't <laughs> sure, know. Yeah. So I, I watched that off that list and I was like, what the hell are they talking <laughs> about? They were paid. <laughs> oh my God. All right. What do you got for your last watch of this week? My last watch was Poor Things. I yes. just watched it and then came straight here. Um, Overall initial reaction, tell me. Fucking stunning. Mm-hmm. So cool. The world building was so unique and playful and imaginative. And the story, um, Frankenstein's Monster's Monster. Mm-hmm. Sick. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't like gore, really, but I could bear it for this one. Um, but Emma Stone's acting was amazing. She's so good. Um, but I was telling you, like, I was worried because I I, I knew what the character was going to do, like how it was going to go. And I was really hoping that she could commit and hold on to it. And she absolutely did. Um, Mark Ruffalo is hilarious. And it's so weird to see him naked. Never want to see that again. <laughs> he is quite naked in that movie. Yeah, I, I know that. Emma got all the attention online, but Mark Ruffalo... Mark His ass good. and balls are out quite a lot. I saw way too many dicks. Um, and I I think that's the only reason why I would not rewatch it. Because I don't want to see all those dicks. <laughs> well, I, I will say I do appreciate sex in movies when it's done for a reason. And it is done for a very good reason in the film. 100%. In multiple I, times. I will say, though, I could have done without a few of the sex scenes. Because I feel like they didn't serve a purpose. Or they it would have been better without it I, so i agree because so there's two main sequences of montage-esque sex sequences and they both serve very important purposes mm-hmm. however i would say the second one in the second half of the film i also agree it lingered way too long that's way too long i was it was like 15 minutes of it and i was like we're yeah, still here yeah so i totally it's, agree and for me that felt I, boring like how do you make sex boring it got it got a little redundant like we yeah. understood the theme we understood the message we understood yeah. what is going on here yeah. and what Bella is doing, but they just, another one and another one and another yeah. one. And it wasn't even just because like, oh, sex, no, but it just, again, felt redundant. Like, let's yeah. get the story going. There's so many more interesting things that you're doing. Yeah, right I now. lost my real interest in it yeah. after a while. So I, I'm completely with you there. Um, but also it's just wholly original and especially in this slate of movies of 2023, it's mm-hmm. just 
in a league of its own. It's I think it's gonna win production design. It needs to. It's gonna win costuming. Costuming and, was so yeah, fun. I so loved good. it so much. So good. And then also hair and makeup because that Willem Dafoe makeup. Willem Dafoe, my guy. I <laughs> the <love> burps. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> Whoa. Like a toad. <laughs> <laughs> the, it was like the, the second one they showed it, the third one they showed it was like the third act, third act of the film and I was just like they're still doing it it's great Ugh. the movie's hilarious yeah. especially the first 30 minutes it's, really it's so funny, funny. and I, right off the bat what I saw in Emma Stone's performance I immediately thought in my head she definitely has kids mm. because the way she she basically Bella Baxter is growing A up child. from childhood and I was like Emma Stone absolutely has children because she and I grew James and I grew up helping take care of kids, mm-hmm. our nieces and nephews. And if if I could tell she grew up around she she was knew the space of how kids moved, yes. how kids spoke, how kids interacted. She didn't just research the role. I was like, she definitely has kids in her home. I could tell. Yeah. It was a hundred percent like it was so spot on with the movement, with the physicality, with just the way the mind's working, where her attention is, what's giving her attention, which how she's reacting to things. I was like she didn't just research kids. She has kids. And yeah. then I Googled it. She does have a couple of kids. So I was like, comp- I'm, that doesn't surprise me at all. The only thing, her walking, <laughs> if it wasn't such a fantastical, whimsical world, her movement, I don't think, would have sold me. Because it does get better because, like, obviously, she's, like, learning how to she's, walk. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that. Posture and everything. Yeah. But it's just something that's a bit too theatrical about it. If the world wasn't so fantastical yeah the whole thing is yeah. whether you, so you, I from the it. lenses mm-hmm. especially in the black and white um first act sequence where it's just all incredible incredibly wide lenses and fish eyes too and then when she does leave the world it's surrealist and fantastical and yeah. colorful and and they go to a real city in spain but it looks nothing like a real city that we know what city in Spain? It was um, what's it called? Hold on. It was Lisbon. Lisbon, thank you. Portugal. Lisbon, Portugal. Anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, I don't have a Y'all geography heard podcast. It here first. <laughs> Anthony does not know where the fuck he is. Lisbon, Portugal, as I said. <laughs> I'm like, did I fall asleep? <laughs> but it's not our Lisbon. Yeah, and no. I mean, you could say it probably is, but in her eyes, that's how it feels. I wondered if the set design slash the colors were going to become more dollar world like because I thought that it was so fantastical because she's a baby. Mm-hmm. She's just a baby. She's just, <laughs> just a baby. <laughs> I don't have kids, um, so I thought as she matured in her brain that the world would get more dull. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. So I'm glad that that was all real. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that it's... Um, I thought we were seeing it through her eyes. Like how like bright and vibrant yeah. and like cool it was. But also the, the the sets and environments they created also matched the tone of what she was experiencing. So in Lisbon, it's pleasure. Yes. It's passion. It's, it's you know, food, sex, no, all that. So yeah. we get the warmth. And then when we're on the cruise ship, we get that blue background. She's learning mm-hmm. about death. She's learning about suffering. Yeah. So the, so the tones of the skies and architecture, the whole production matched her experiences emotionally as yeah. well. I thought it was just so done up just because it was through her eyes. Yeah. I thought we were going to come back to like this earth. I like saw our yeah. reality. I think that she did by the end in the yard because she's wearing a totally she wore normal a beige, a beige outfit. Yeah. And she had her hair just middle part very simple yeah but the animals like yeah things are still true yeah i just thought she was crazy or just I, I, yes i think that yorgos wanted to be like this is what a, the city looks like in the mm-hmm. child's eyes yeah yeah but it was just so done it was so well done and the I've craftsmanship's never, amazing yeah i've never seen a woman's story be told like that mm-hmm. with the woman experience and also you know a child experience of learning something new every day or doing this for the first time um, so in terms, because actually, it's actually based on a novel that was written by a man, mm-hmm. and then it was directed by a man. So in I terms of that. like, in terms of like a a, a a woman's story about such big themes mm-hmm. in womanhood, you think it was well done and executed I it by was the men? Well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. 
Good job, yeah. man. Also, Ruffalo. You can do something. Ruffalo right? crushed it. <laughs> he's so funny in that. So hilarious. <laughs> I love the monologue he gives in the when he's in the cell and he's just like lying facing the wall and he gives that yeah. monologue about like the demon. The she's, demon. She's gonna suck every bit of life he out. He sits up and like <laughs> farts. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my god! Oh my god! He's so funny. He's if it was, I've if, never seen him like that. If it wasn't for Downey, he'd win supporting. That's how good he is. I think he should win. Hey, he's great. I think he should win. People voted for him. That's how yeah. he got nominated. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was wonderful. But if if if, if it came out on a different year, he'd have it hands down. But he's got very stiff competition. Uh, Downey's taking every award he, that's available. I'm gonna put. $2 on Ruffalo. You want to bet $20? No. <laughs> have you not? I can't $2 even isn't get the a fucking bet. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll g- we'll give you a free membership. You're a producer. That's like in the social network where he's, she's like, why didn't you change? Why is your Facebook status say you're single? He's like, I can't, I don't know how to change it. She's like, so you're telling me you founded Facebook, but you can't, you don't even know how to change your, your status. <laughs> Thing, it's hard out there. Okay. <laughs> It's hard. No, we'll give you a free mem- free Patreon access. You're part of the we company. Can, we can wager that. Nah, actually, it's fine. You just give it to me. Actually, yeah, I think I yeah, I think I can just do it for free. I'm not sure. I'll have to look into it. I think might, I think I might have to pay for it. We'll see. <laughs> Speaking of, join our Patreon <laughs> to help support the show. <laughs> you get a bunch of access to so many episodes. We're at over 200 episodes of bonus episodes, and then the Godfather episodes, which the Godfather here have access to. And if you want the ad-free version of the show, all you got to do is sign up for the $5 tier. And that gets you all the episodes without a single ad to listen to. You don't have to hear James's nasally voice oh, reading no. off ads. <laughs> James, I appreciate your nasally voice. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just I'm digging into him today. He's not here to, to defend himself. Oh, I'll defend himself when he comes back. <laughs> Beating the shit out of you. <laughs> also, subscribe, like, leave us a review on Apple. It's so appreciated, as well as a five star rating on Spotify. In the meantime, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We got Kill Bill Movies from Memory coming out next week. It's going to be a good one. See you next time, everyone. <laughs>